Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. I'm a little bit anxious. Annabelle just turned up. And as, as I often do when I open the door to you, I give you a big hug. Mm-hmm. And as, as that was happening, my next door neighbour, Wayne, walked past. <laughs> and I now think that he thinks I've got some woman turning up in the middle of the day who I'm having an affair with. <laughs> if only you hadn't groped my bottom at the same time. <laughs> if only. I did, it, it definitely fell into the category of a friendly hug, Yeah, I think. But some, some people aren't tactile and they would judge... Any kind of contact between different sexes as, as potential infidelity. He would have seen your wife leave, what, I don't know, half an hour yes. beforehand and then yes. me arrive yes. and a hug. Oh, yeah. Dear. I don't know what to do. And what I really <laughs> wish that I'd done is as it was happening, say, oh, welcome, welcome. Sarah will be back in a minute. She'll be so happy to see you, my wife. Oh, uh, OK. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're my platonic friend, but she... <laughs> She really enjoys your company too. That, that would have solved the problem. Um, but in the yeah. meantime, let's carry on with the professional thing that we're going up into the loft to do. Yeah, that that would have that would have sorted it out. Like yeah. I just went and closed the window like a skylight, and I thought, what if he was out on the street again and he looked up? <laughs> I thought, but they've gone upstairs. Like they're in a bedroom. Yeah, and he's closing windows. <laughs> oh. oh God. Um, so so that was that. Did you watch the royal wedding? I kind of saw little bits of it. I was sort of going in and out. So Sarah and her mum, when I got up on Saturday morning, they were watching the the people arriving and I was ready to sneer at it. Mm. And then I fully got engrossed in it. I have to say that I'm very tired at the moment and I welled up at one point. Oh, I welled up at you one didn't. point as well. Yeah. And you're not even tired, are you? <laughs> well, no. It was when I saw that James Corden had been invited. Oh, me too. Yeah, that was the worst bit. <laughs> which, bit did, which bit made you cry? Just them looking at each other and her in her dress and mm. I don't know I just I, I I can't put my finger on it the day before I was also tired and I cried when I read the news that Prince Charles was walking her down the aisle like I actually cried right, and right, I don't right. and I don't know why right. I don't know why I cried yeah it must be tiredness because yeah. usually any news involving Prince Charles <laughs> would trigger an impulse for the old radio from the old radio show to bring up that time yeah. when he was intercepted on the mobile phone conversation yeah. telling Camilla that he wished he was her tampon. Exactly. And, you know, that's not a tearful matter. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a very happy matter. What else did he say? <laughs> Press the tit. <laughs> It's so <laughs> bad that we were privy to those conversations, I, but so know, great that, that 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 particular detail is on the public record. It's for the best, I think, that we know in, on balance. <laughs> I do because the happiness that it's brought, even just us, I think it's worth their humiliation. Is that bad? It's a bit bad. Uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm I am not somebody. Like, I've got nothing against any of the individuals. Apart from maybe Prince Andrew, but largely I've got nothing <laughs> against any of the individuals. Uh, but I don't really sort of like the monarchy and the royal family and so on. But I still found myself having a little sob, and I think it was oh. two things. I think I think it was the first thing was having a flashback to watching Diana's funeral all those years ago, <laughs> right? Okay. And just like seeing those little boys, and then oh. thinking about the passage of time. Oh, and the, don't. All, that, yeah, that I think that yeah, really got me. Yeah. And then 
I think the other thing, and this is this is perhaps a bit overly sentimental, but at times this country can feel like it's becoming a bit closed off, and um, it's sort of headed in reverse, and it's sort of closed off to the to the world a little bit, mm-hmm. and that felt a little bit more open to the world and change. Uh, and yeah. I think it was a combination of those two things that set me off. Okay, uh, but I know that that people like the royal family because they bring in tourism. I don't really understand how they bring in tourism. Because you can't like pay to meet them. <laughs> Why don't people come to look at Buckingham Palace? Yeah, but the, the, you know, if you got rid of the royal family, that you wouldn't have to demolish it. That's true. They could still come and look at it, couldn't yeah, they? So it's, it's not like they come and wave out the windows, or no. very, very. It's not like the Pope. Fairly much, you know, if he's in town, you'll know he'll be on that balcony. If if they can have got rid of them in a very dramatic fashion, maybe people would come and look at Buckingham Palace even more. Mm. Yeah, mm. just a thought. Put it out there. What are you suggesting by dramatic fashion? <laughs> no, no, nothing. What else has happened since I last saw you? Oh, um, here's here's a thing. Mm. I do you remember me telling you that I was having my blood pressure monitored. Yes, yes. So I had to go to the hospital and I had to have this thing strapped onto my arm, like a, a blood pressure testing cuff mm. i think they call it yeah. which was then attached by a tube by a thing that i had to keep in my pocket for 24 hours Mm-mm. so i went and did that firstly i think the um the nurse who fitted it took a disliking to me oh no why i think i don't know why i don't know what it was but we didn't have good small talk and then i think she deliberately put it on too tight <laughs> Did it keep inflating all day? Yeah, every every 20 minutes. Do you hate that feeling? I feel like my arm's going to explode. Yeah, it's awful. And then yeah. I start getting pins and needles. Yeah, yeah. And I'd have it on us as we're going about my business, you know, going and buying fruit and vegetables or sitting in a cafe or whatever. Mm. And it was under my shirt. Mm. So all of a sudden, I'd be go. I'd start I'd be in the middle of like talking to a shop assistant and then it'd start oh. squeezing me. I'd be like, oh, I've got oh, a minute. Oh, no. Which probably looked like I was having a heart attack. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Um, while I was waiting to have it fitted in the, the hospital, I noticed something. I, t- I took a photo of it. Uh, there was a sign up on the notice board which said, please note that larger chairs are reserved for patients who weigh more than 120 kilograms. Oh, my God. What I have we think, come to? I think they should just have all larger chairs. <laughs> oh, no. Because, no, they shouldn't. Because do you not think it's like calling them the chairs of shame otherwise? Oh, do you think they should maybe write the word fat on them like to, to identify? <laughs> shame. Yeah. Shame. Oh, it's a bit like that. Yeah. And also I was looking at somebody who was sat in one of the larger chairs and... I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would have said closer to 110 kilograms. <laughs> I mean, should they have a little scale next to the chairs? <laughs> I think they should, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's something to aim for, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, I've hit 120. <laughs> True. I can sit in one of the big chairs now. Yeah, a comfier chair, yeah. I remember a while ago, we talked about this on the radio show, uh, they introduced a special ambulance for the larger person. Oh, yeah. And I just thought about the indignity of having to dial 999 for whatever situation you're mm-hmm. in any anyway, mm. and then say... Oh, while you're on. Oh, no. Could you send the ambulance for big people? It's not a great moment anyway in itself, no. is it? No. Oh. Later, when you go for a walk, you can take this show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just, it's, it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I mentioned last week that the email cupboard is looking a little bit bare. So if you haven't yet shared your story of failed social interactions, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Although it has picked up this week, hasn't it? Yes, it has, yes. Uh, So what have we got? Okay, this is from Benjamin, who writes, Last year, I went to Philadelphia for work. At some point, my colleagues and I all decided to go to a karaoke bar for a drink and some Bonnie Tyler. Upon arriving, I saw the queue outside and realised there was a bouncer at the door checking everyone's age. I frisked my pockets with rising panic. I'd left my passport at the hotel. I am a balding 27-year-old with a bushy beard. and I live in London where no one checks your age anyway, so I'm not in the habit of bringing my passport out with me. My friend, let's call him Pierre, offered to lend me his old French driving licence. I was worried about this. Pierre looks perhaps a little bit like me, but not much. And I don't have an older brother, so I never practised sneaking into bars with someone else's ID as a teenager. Not that it would have mattered. I was never invited out to bars as a teenager anyway. (laughs) The queue inched forward, my anxiety rising with my proximity to the bouncer. I'm way too old to be sneaking into a bar with fake ID. My friends went in one by one. They'd passed the test. And after what felt like a year, it was my turn to face the reckoning. 
I timidly offered my fraudulent ID, eyes fixed on my shoes. America has strict drinking laws, doesn't it? Could I get arrested for falsifying my identity? Would I be spending the night in the cells? The bouncer looked down at Pierre's smiling face on the card. He looked up at my ashen face on my face. (laughs) He clearly wasn't fooled. How old are you? My panic reached fever pitch. Of course he was going to ask that. Why didn't I check Pierre's age before I handed over the licence? How old is Pierre? I ventured a nervous guess. 31? Okay, I got it right. But my relief was short-lived. The inevitable follow-up came. When's your birthday? I don't know why I said what I said next. Perhaps it was my anxiety levels or my extreme desire to escape the situation or simply the understanding that there was no point in arguing. Whatever the reason, I answered honestly. I don't know. (laughs) I was sent back to the hotel with my tail between my legs, feeling a mixture of extreme relief that the ordeal was over and extreme embarrassment at being the guy who answered the question, when's your birthday, with, I don't know, Benjamin. (laughs) Okay, this is from Aaron. I'd like to tell you about what, upon reflection, is quite an awkward celebrity encounter. I was about 10 years old at the time and I have no idea where my sheer audacity came from. A friend's mum would annually take us to the World Snooker Championship at the Crucible in Sheffield. With all the matches televised and it being the 90s, I, of course, wore the most luminous T-shirt that I had to make sure I could be seen. So we're in the bit where the matches are being played and filmed. Other than clapping for a good shot, audible gasps at near misses and a guaranteed coffer, it's near silent. Needless to say that talking between yourselves is more or less a big no-no. Talking to the players is next level no-no. They have to stay focused and concentrate. We're watching John Parrott play Fergal O'Brien. John is behind as Fergal goes off to the toilet. For some reason, I decided that I would walk down the stairs from my seat, walk right behind where John Parrott is sitting and ask him, do you want a smint? (laughs) He said, no thanks, mate. Was looking incredibly puzzled and wondering whether security should be called. John went on to lose the match and I hope he doesn't blame me. Perhaps he should have taken the smint. On the subject of smints, never put a full box on your mouth at the same time. Your mouth will be full of smints and regret. (laughs) recognise the boy that performed such a carefree gesture. For all I know, it's in some television archive somewhere with John Virgo commentating something really dull and dreary like, if you're sat at home watching, others' mints are available. (laughs) Okay, and this is from Chief Petty Officer Emma Woodhouse. A quick story of accidental racism for you. A couple at my church have a daughter of similar age to me who lives away and got married at a similar time to me. For the purpose of context only, I am white and so are they. The relevance will become clear. Shortly after I had my daughter, their daughter was pregnant too. I was talking with the mum, Jenny, one day about how the pregnancy was going and she said they'd just had the 20-week scan and everything was fine, but they hadn't found out the sex. I responded casually, oh, so they don't know what colour the baby will be. I feel like this is something people used to ask me when I was pregnant, for example, so what colour is the baby, pink or blue? Jenny looked at me a bit oddly and said something like, Oh, well, no, I suppose they don't know that either. Then I realise their daughter's husband was of Asian descent. Instead of it seeming like an innocent pink or blue comment, I now look like I was very bothered about the baby's skin colour. <laughs> Q cringing and hurried, oh, no, 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 I meant pink or blue, boy or girl. No, I didn't mean, I'm sorry, I didn't even think that. Luckily, Jenny took it very well and I've not been tainted as the racist one. <laughs> Needless to say, I won't ever ask what colour baby anyone is expecting ever again. I have to say that is an odd question. Have you ever come across yeah, that? Yeah, I have. Is it a thing? Right, People say, right. oh, is it pink or blue? And I think if you don't know, you say you've got a green baby or something. It's a thing. Really? It's a thing. Why is do it, they teach you that? It is a thing. I think I might have seen it on a forum. But it's <laughs> right, a thing. Right. It, it, yeah. it's like a, I think it's like a mum's netty thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um more stories please if you haven't shared yours yet we'd love to hear from you that's one of the things we've been doing actually accidental racism i also like sort of just weird things you said as a child okay with the uh, thinking of the snooker one like just things you sort of blurted out like just trying to uh, interact with adults and you're still cringing about it all these years later um which you know more generally that's always something we enjoy things that give you a pang of anxiety many years later failed human interaction stories please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com adrift to floyd and annabelle port adrift annabelle um 
you've prepared a story. I have. What's the subject this week? So seeing as it's become a topic, my awkward encounters with celebrities. Oh, good. Now, I've met quite a few over the course of the radio show that we did. Although when anybody asks me who, I can only remember Mikozy, Adele, Tim, PJ, Archimedes, Science and Maxwell from Big Brother. <laughs> My mind just goes blank after that. Yeah. Just to be absolutely clear that that's Adele from Big Brother, not Adele oh, the singer. To be absolutely clear, yeah. yeah. Did, did I, no, no, I don't think I ever met her. Yeah. So before the radio show, I'd only met three celebrities, Blue Peter presenter Karen Keating, Bob Geldof and Ross Kemp. Karen Keating was at a charity fete. I asked her for her autograph. She said she liked my cardigan. It's a real high point in my life. Bob Geldof, I bunked off school for the one and only ever time because he was signing albums in the local record store. And I didn't have an album or any money, so I asked him to sign my forearm. And then I showered with a plastic bag over my arm for months. <laughs> and I couldn't tell my parents what it was. I said, no, I'd bunked off school. So I just said that a friend had squealed on my arm and I liked it and wanted to keep it. And that seemed to satisfy them, weirdly. <laughs> Ross Kemp was in a pantomime at a local theatre, so I queued up outside the stage door to get his autograph. I should perhaps add, to be totally honest, that I was in my 20s at the time. But he... was, was there an ironic component to what you were no, doing? No, no, none. <laughs> but it was just these three celebrities. Like most people, I've never moved in those kind of circles. My dad did once have his photo taken with Henry Cooper and then framed it and put it on a shelf in the living room. And for context, there were no photos of my mum and dad together framed <laughs> and displayed in the living room or anywhere else. But I remember looking for media jobs after university and the advert would always talk about having a good contacts book. And I felt like they might as well have asked me for the Magna Carta or the Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> like, what is a contacts book and why would I have one? So when I was an assistant producer on the radio show, it was my job to book guests and I was never very good at it. And when we were due to go and do the show in Portugal during Euro 2004, you told me to book a guest for a phone interview for every morning of the three weeks that we were going to be there. And about a week beforehand, you asked me how I was getting on and I showed you a planner I'd made. And it was a, a calendar with all the available dates and there was one single solitary name on there and that name was Rusty Lee. And I showed it to you and I burst into tears and you burst into laughter, which does reflect very well on you. But the dates did all get filled up and one of the guests was Tim Booth from James. And he happened to be in Lisbon where we were doing the show. So he came on live and we were doing the show. From I've got no memory of this. Oh, happening. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing the show from a hotel room. I'm sure you remember that. I do, yeah, yeah. So I went to go and greet him in the corridor and, as is normal, put my hand out to shake his. But I somehow misjudged the distance, despite having shaken upwards of 300 hands in my life at this point without any problems at all. So my hand is stuck out, but I'm too far away. So I take a step closer. But it's such a big step as I'm so stupidly far away. I have to bend my knees. So I basically do a curtsy as I shake his hand like he's the queen. I have one second of optimism that he hasn't noticed until he says, oh, a curtsy, that's nice. And instead of explaining the whole distance and big step and bend of knees, I come back with a great witticism of, oh, yes, sorry, <laughs> like I'm often accidentally curtsying. <laughs> But my most embarrassing celebrity encounter was unconnected to the radio show, although you were with me. So we were walking down the street where we worked <laughs> after the show and I spotted walking towards us just a few feet away, Kate Moss. Just walking down the street like a normal person. She was with a couple of other women and she wasn't wearing a coat, even though it was quite cold. Now, my justification for what happened next was that I was genuinely excited for you because you'd always had a big thing for her, hadn't you? Uh, uh. And I can see now that my excitement was very misguided. It wasn't like the only thing stopping you and Kate Moss from being together was that she hadn't walked past you in the street yet. <laughs> I can also see now that even if that was the one thing stopping you from being together, I may have ruined it by being there shouting, Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> She looked quite alarmed, didn't she? Yeah. So I'd like to sincerely apologise to you now how different your life could have been. Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. Despite what Annabelle just implied about uh, me, me and Kate Moss, mm. I just want to make it very clear at this point that I don't have a roving eye. Oh, sorry, no. I, did, I, I am very, very <laughs> no, happy no, with no. my wife and I, yes. I don't consider... Uh, despite what my next door neighbour may think, mm. I, I, you know, I, I don't, cons I, don't, I don't, I just don't even consider another woman. Right. Okay. That being said, right. At the weekend, we had a substitute swimming teacher. <laughs> <laughs> right. And whilst my eye wasn't roving, I did have a daydream, and and I just want to um, <laughs> emphasise that this whole 
sort of imagined scenario happened within like three seconds. Okay. So see the swimming teacher. Um, Is she in a swimming costume? Just trying to make it more yes. seedy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think, well, you know, if anything happened to if anything ever happened to Sarah, <laughs> like I, I want her to live a long and happy life as my wife and mother of my child. Yeah, of course. But terrible things happen sometimes. Mm. And I thought, oh, if anything happened to Sarah, may, maybe the substitute swimming teacher could be my new wife. Oh, but it has occurred to me before that I've thought, if anything ever happened to Sarah, I'd really want to marry somebody with, with money so that I could be a kept man. I'd probably go on a cruise and prey on rich widow, rich widows. Did this all go through your head yeah. in three seconds? And then like, I oh, thought, no, 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 then, then, then the thought continued. But just because she's uh, a swimming teacher in a class of babies doesn't mean she's not got money. Maybe that's oh. just a passion of hers. Yeah. And then I imagined her having an argument oh my God. with her father, who in my mind was some kind of steel magnate <laughs> oligarch, <laughs> who's saying, why do you insist on doing this job teaching babies how to swim? And she says, because I love it, Papa. It's not about the... Papa? Yeah, because that's how rich people talk to each other. So I just wanted to say that all played out in about about three seconds. Quite extraordinary. The argument with her father. Yeah, And I didn't get as far as to what it would look like if she then introduced me to her father. Yeah, I mean, what would you think of you? Would you think you were suitable? That's a whole other daydream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get as far as (laughs) that. Okay, okay. Um... Speaking of of my wife, long mm. may she live. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, did you mention to Tom about doing doing the partners uh, podcast? I haven't mentioned it. No, I'm sure we'll do it. Yeah. So that's going to be our next thing on Patreon, just for the people who support us on Patreon. The next mm. special podcast is going to be with Tom. Annabelle's lover and Sarah, my wife. And if you would like to hear that, if you'd like to get access to that and also have them answer your questions, mm. um, then you need to become a Patreon subscriber. Support our podcast for just a little bit of money every month. I mean, it's as low as, uh, I think the lowest tier is one American dollar, isn't it? It is, yeah. Which is 70p a month. Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost an insult if you <laughs> Seventy. Like, what's that? We do four shows a month. Yeah. What are we talking there? When I can't do the maths, but it's not very much. No, it's, not, it's not even twenty p a show. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not even twenty p. Um, yeah. but, but and this is why a lot of people do choose to um, to support us at a slightly higher tier. Be mm, that mm. two dollars, yes. which is about what like one pound fifty ish. I don't. I don't know. I'm just plucking these numbers out of thin okay, air, really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or even five dollars. Mm. Or sometimes more. Yeah, sometimes. Um, anyway, if you if you would support us, um, it's what keeps us going, both in terms of our self esteem, yep. and um, to to some extent paying the lecky bill. Yeah, uh, go to patreon.com stroke adrift, and we will be. What should we put a time frame on this? Yeah, we should do. Otherwise, you know, it drags on, doesn't it? When should we do it? Soon. Yeah. By what date is it today? Let's it's twenty second of May today. No later than the 15th of June. Great. Okay. Uh, so subscribe to Patreon and you will get access to that next exclusive podcast, which will be the partners one uh, with with Sarah and Tom. And um, supporters, we're incredible, great, incredibly grateful to you if you do so. And we would be incredibly grateful to you if you don't yet and you're thinking about it. Uh, Patreon.com stroke adrift. Welcome to the main module of the show. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? In your story the other week, you were talking about different bosses you've had over the years. Yes. And you mentioned in passing our old boss, Clive, who was the guy who set up Absolute Radio. And, you know, what what a guy. Great. What a guy Clive is, I think. Uh, Just the best boss, I think, that I've ever worked for. And he moved to Australia. And now he's some some bigwig, uh, some Australian media company. So... He is British and he does come back to visit. Mm. But when he comes back to visit, his time gets very full because you'll you'll know what that's like if you moved away from your hometown or whatever. You go back, everybody wants to see you. So I, I, I haven't, I don't think, since seen Clive since he moved to Australia, even though we've emailed a few times and we talk from time to time. Mm. He's coming back this week and he sent me an email saying, hey, it'd be great to um, catch up and get a cup of tea with you. Oh, that's nice. I emailed back straight away. Yes, I'd love that. Yeah. So, you know, I really like Clive. 
he he replied, "Okay, how about seven a.m. on Friday the twenty fifth? Seven a.m. That that to me is weird. Yeah, a seven a.m. catch up. So it's not a business meeting. No, no. I know businessmen sometimes meet before the stock exchange opens. They have, they have these things called breakfast meetings. Yeah, don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's not what it is. This it's is a, a social. It's a catch up with yeah. an old friend. Wow. Now." I think it's a completely inappropriate time <laughs> to suggest meeting somebody for a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. However, I do know what it's like if you mm. don't live somewhere and you go back and you've got a lot of people to fill, squeeze in yeah, to yeah. a very short amount of time. Mm, mm. And I suppose he's going to be jet lagged coming from Australia. Yes, of course. So that yeah. all plays into it. Yeah, yeah. But is it an inappropriate time to ask to meet somebody? Would I be within my rights to turn that time down? Mm. I find out in this week's The Incident. My friend Gry Fushell is a Swedish radio and TV host. She also knows about early mornings as she's hosted Sweden's best radio breakfast show for the past 14 years. I think that if it's not a business meeting, then I think it's really, really weird. You don't meet people. I mean, unless you're going on a trip with someone and you're meeting up to go to the airport you don't ever ever meet people before 10 ever right if you're not working i mean if you're old buddies and you you know we always go swimming on no not, not even then no never yeah if he'd asked me to exercise you can sing jeff run run if he'd asked me to exercise, then people do exercise at strange times. But we've never exercised together. He hasn't mentioned that I should be wearing shorts or trainers or a sweatband or anything like that. But, you know, also people who exercise at seven in the morning, you know, don't, don't meet them. <laughs> what? So you, you think 10 a.m. is the cutoff? Yeah, definitely. If it's not work, then it's, I mean, you have to, if you're off that day. You have to get up and have bread, take a shower and have breakfast. Then you have to get there through the traffic. And 10 is, 10 is perfect, I think. You see, I was thinking I'm not going to, if he wants to meet me at 7am, I'm not going to perform any personal hygiene ablutions or anything. I'm, I'm not going to wash. I'm maybe not even going to brush my teeth. I might I might suck a mint, but that's that's <laughs> as far as it goes. I think that's part of the contract so for me. It's going to be a quick meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I mean... It, Either he's just showing off that he's from that he lives in Australia and that he's got this weird um, jet lag that he wants to show you or flash with. But what's that? I mean, that is a cycle. Um, if he just wants to, if he's so busy when he's in London, he has to meet you at seven because he's got another meeting at eight and then another at ten. Then he's a cycle as well. <laughs> so, so you think the best case scenario is he's just weird? And the worst case scenario is it's an actually an insult. He's insulting me by s suggesting 7am. Yeah, definitely. Or he's going to offer you uh, the best job ever in Australia. Mm. But why would, he not, why would he not tell you that or just give you a hint? Mm. Hi, I'm in town. You want to meet up? Well, what about 7am? Are you mental? <laughs> no. But I mean... Most people have no pulse before seven. Well, this is what I was going to ask you about, because you now at this point have done a radio breakfast show for 14 years. Is your body clock yeah. so <laughs> screwed that you want to do something at seven o'clock on a weekend? No, no, for God's sake. My, I have two kids. One is uh, turning 15 and the other one is turning nine. And I've, you know, forbidden any sport activities or anything before 12 on <laughs> What are they called? Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> because weekends are off time. And don't you find just because you're getting up at that time every day, you're just automatically waking up and then wanting to be all bright and cheery like you're on a breakfast show? No. <laughs> God, no. I want to get up and I want to be slow and have a big breakfast with my family and just take it easy and, you know, do whatever or do something, maybe meet someone, but maybe not before 11, so, ever. So you think 11 is the cutoff on a weekend, 10 a.m. on a weekday? For sure. No, I, might, I mean, if, he, if you meet him at 7 and he doesn't offer you like a million pounds or great job or anything. <laughs> or tell me that he is my biological father. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. 
I mean, if he if he's offering you something at the meeting, then fine. The only but, reason to meet at no. seven a.m. is big news. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I th- I think he might be my biological father. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> what a surprise to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Well, it was the British Podcast Awards on Saturday, and um, we won. We won. A bronze award. A bronze. I think we sound ungrateful. <laughs> oh, come on. But it's good bronze. <laughs> it is. Somebody, I've, I just spent a couple of minutes looking for the email, and I can't find it, but somebody emailed to say, bronze. I mean, it's it's the only one out of gold, silver, and bronze that has an age named after it. Oh, I never thought of that. There's no silver age. The golden age. No, I mean there right. is a golden age. I suppose we're in the golden age of podcasting Mm-mm-mm. since we won a bronze. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- th- there's that, isn't there? You know, I think basically whoever it was that sent the email was trying to console us with the fact that we only won a bronze. Mm. But but that's that's good, right? A bronze is good. It's an award. Third best. I say it's an award. It's actually a, a, a JPEG, a downloadable image. Right. We don't get anything physical then. No. So the British no. Podcast Awards emailed to say, congratulations, you've won a bronze. Right. And then it said, you can download the bronze image to include in your email signature. We've got a JPEG. Yeah. We've got a JPEG. And I, I'm guessing it's a JPEG. It could be a .png. Can I put that on my mantelpiece? <laughs> my empty mantelpiece. So, um, so, so, yeah, we weren't able to go to the awards i had um my mother-in-law in town who needed entertaining i didn't have a babysitter so but uh it, it looks like it was a good old do mm. so yeah um that's great got a bronze and you know who we beat who me yes. with the other podcast yes so we were we were nominated for best new podcast and uh, and we got the bronze. Um, my other podcast, Reasons to Be Cheerful with Ed Miliband, mm. was was also nominated in that category, mm. and it didn't get a gold, silver, or a bronze. It got unplaced. It was unplaced, ungraded. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but we won a bronze in our other category, which was best yes. current affairs, yes. or politics, or whatever it was. Two bronzes, double bronze, double bronze. Yeah. Just, I mean, does that can, that makes silver? Yeah, two bronzes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm, mm. Okay, that's made me feel slightly better. <laughs> but um, it, it, genuinely, it was uh, it, it was a, a joy to be nominated. Mm. And I just think with awards, really, it's it's the nominations that count because the the difference between a winner and and a bronze is is, is minimal. It can just be down to one gobby judge. Oh, they probably they probably had sleepless nights deciding because it was that yeah, close. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. They so, probably ended up just doing picking out of a hat because they couldn't decide. <laughs> so it, really, it was just random. We're not sounding very gracious. I'm again, really are we? We've got no, I was so happy with that nomination. Yeah, yeah, um, and the bronze. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and if there are ever awards where we're not nominated, as I always say, these these things are all nonsense, nah. and the nominations don't even matter. No. But but when but you know it's it's really it's being on that podium, first, second, or third, mm. hairs breadth between them. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's all much of a muchness. You know, if I if I'd won a gold, I would have said no different to a bronze. Really. <laughs> just, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just nice to be on the podium. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, and, and and thanks to everybody who voted for us in the Listener's Choice Award. Did we win that? Uh, no, I don't think we were placed. Oh, not not placed <laughs> in, even in the twenty or anything. No, I think we've got a lot of listeners who who would think, oh, I should get round to doing that, and and then never quite remember. And I like them for it because that's what I'm like. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so uh, so thank you for that, and. Uh, you know, let's let's see what happens next year. Next year, yeah. There's always next yeah. year, isn't there? Can't be best new podcast, though, can it? <laughs> oh God, yeah. So there's not always next year. <laughs> this is our this is our one shot. Yeah, yeah. For that oh category. my God, yeah, yeah. that's that's depressing. Sorry. 
until we're all caught up pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously. Mm, it's quite apparent. Adrift. Okay. Time for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. At the, uh, what's the other one? School rules? Rules oh, yeah, school? Rules school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is where if you need to know how you should behave in any given situation which is causing you some social anxiety, you just tell us about it and we'll we'll see if we can't fix it for you. Um, oh, Sarah had a thought. Mm-hmm. And it was it's something that comes up quite often where people don't want to talk to somebody on a train or, you know, walking from the car to mm. work or whatever. She said that you should... Put, pop your headphones in and said, I'm so sorry, my friend started a podcast and I promised that I'd listen to it for them. Oh, if you've got the nerve to do it, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit much for me, I think. I that, don't think that, I could do it. No. But if you can do it, that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, okay. First one. Yes, please. Okay. It's from His Royal Highness Joseph Gauchy. Ah, uh, I think it's Gorsi. Oh, God. <laughs> it's from His Royal Highness <laughs> Joseph Gauchy. Gorsi. Gorsi. Yeah. Why, after all these years, how can I not remember? I'm not very good with things like that, am no. I? Remembering how things sound. So what does Joseph Gauchi say? <sighs> I have a question for the Quandry Corner of the Glap Clinic in The Problematic. Hmm. My wife is away to New York for five days for her best friend's birthday. This is the longest she's been away from our 18-month-old son, and I'm not sure how I should play it when she gets back. Do I tell her that he's been absolutely fine and I had no problems so she doesn't feel guilty about being away? Or do I tell her that he's really missed her, I struggle without her and so she feels extra loved and appreciated? Due to my poor planning, your answer would probably be, what should I have done? Story of my life. <laughs> For future reference, though, this is going to be very handy. So what do you think? Well, I've, I've been in a similar situation where Sarah went to Edinburgh for a week last year. So me and Jean just hung out together. And... What was important to me was just coming across as a very competent father. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, above, above all else. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And feeling like a hero mm. in, in some way. So mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think... I think I, I I sort of fell into the former category. Okay. You know, so I know Tom goes away to work quite yes. often. Yeah, yeah. So how do you handle it? Um. Oh, good question. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't say anything. I don't say that he's missed you. Or, I just say he's totally fine. Mm. But from the other point of view, if I went away, should I say what I would like to hear? Yes. So I would like, if there's any contact on the phone or texting and stuff while I'm away, I would like to hear everything's totally fine so I don't worry and I feel happy and have a good time. But when I come back, I want to know, I want to hear these words. I think he did actually really miss you and... You're a hero. I don't know how you do this day in, day out. Right. That's what I want to hear. Right. I'll tell you what I really like. So I've, I've just been away like for the odd night here and there, um, like when I went to see the Muppets. And what I really like is when I FaceTime home, mm. if he gets upset. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's great, you know, then I feel... Because <laughs> <laughs> he sees your face and like, oh, I want my daddy. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, Joseph, if, if she does Skype or FaceTime or mm. any of those things... Mm-mm. You know, get him to cry is what you're saying. Little little prod or something. Jeff! Yeah, pinch. I think go a with pinch. my go with my advice. On the phone, everything's totally fine. When she gets back, you're a hero. I don't know how you do this day in day out. I think he, I do actually think he quite missed you. What you definitely don't want to be doing is ringing up and asking where things are. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't yeah. do that. You know, unless you don't want to be left alone in future you know there are some things you could maybe do Mm. that would convince her that you're so hapless yeah yeah that it's actually more effort going away than it is staying yeah yeah you know you could definitely undermine future travel plans by (laughs) constantly ringing up asking where things are um whenever the baby's crying you know pick that moment Mm. to phone like do some passive aggressive facebook posts (laughs) I really don't think he's that kind of guy. No, I don't think he is No, either, no, yeah. no. Okay. I think we've got that sorted out. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, it's from Anon. And it's about the etiquette of removing Facebook friends. Um, this person says, my problem for Quandry Corner happened just over a year ago, but it still makes me wince whenever it crosses my mind. 
Being a generally introverted person, awkward at small talk, always saying the wrong thing during introductions and quiet at parties, you get the idea. I'm frequently shocked at the number of Facebook friends I have. I mean, I can't really have over 100 real friends, can I? I can't even name 100 people in the world. <laughs> to temper these revelations, I occasionally have a colour friends I haven't talked to or haven't bothered to get in touch for a while on Facebook. On one such occasion, I deleted a few friends and was satisfied all was right with the still surprisingly large amount of people I remained Facebook friends with. I should say I'm not against having friends. I just want to start having close friends only on Facebook. This and recent Cambridge Analytica, Analytica revelations feel I justify my actions. Perhaps I'm clutching at straws here. <laughs> In hindsight, my six month no contact cutoff may have been harsh. That's a bit harsh. Yeah. Anyway, back to my quandary. After I deleted some friends, one now unfriended friend sent me a message on Facebook inviting me to her birthday party. I thought it strange that she'd messaged and hadn't sent an invite, especially since the party was the following day. It was then I discovered the true horror of my actions. Having realised I had deleted her, I panicked. I messaged her back saying I couldn't make it. I was actually busy that night, so it wasn't just covering up. And that seemed to be the end of it. She made no mention of her now non-friend status. However, I feel things got worse. It turned out this friend was in a picture on my page for everyone to see. She was a classmate from university and in the photo that was on my profile. I quickly uh. changed the profile picture to a picture of me and my bike to justify and put for the distance between me and said friend. The irony here is I'm alone in this new picture, hopefully not a premonition of some future karma about to befall me. Safe to say, I felt horrendous. However, I never brought myself to add her again and or message her back to message her back to make an excuse or explain why I deleted her. I feel this would make things truly awkward. It was nothing personal. She just happened to get caught in the cull. After this incident, I've even bumped into her twice around town. They live in the same town. Oh my God. Conversation has been civil, but never progressed beyond small talk. And so what are you doing now? However, I don't think I'll be getting a birthday invite anytime soon. <laughs> I guess my question is, what is the etiquette on removing Facebook friends or am I a horrible person? So so here's here's what I think. Firstly, you've you've got yourself out of being invited to a party once a year, so you must feel <laughs> some kind of triumph. Right, okay. Secondly, I, I'm not a fan of the Facebook call. I don't do it. I'd like to do it. I don't. I think you're either on Facebook mm. and it's annoying and people are annoying and you've got to make these decisions about whether to accept friend requests or not. And I I used to sort of have this rule, oh, it's got to be only people I sort of know in real life. But it gets really blurry. Yeah. Like there's people I've met at, you know, radio industry mm. events and I don't want them to think I'm haughty if I don't accept them as friends. Exactly. They might think that they might be offended. I used to have the rule, if I don't have their phone number in my mobile phone, they're not a friend, mm. therefore shouldn't be my Facebook friend. But the same thing, you just yeah. look rude. Yeah, you, you do look yeah. rude. You do look rude. And I think there's no way of doing a cull without looking rude and hurting the feelings of the culled person. Yeah, yeah. So, or people. So the the thing that you need to do is... Not completely indiscriminately, but fairly indiscriminately accept friend requests. You know, if it's people you've met in real life, accept the requests mm. and then just hide them. So this is the thing you can, can you mute people? Can you then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can say like, I don't want to see posts from this person. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you can, um, you can set it so that only certain groups of friends see different things. Oh, your, so you can have tiers, you can have like a VIP area, uh -huh. almost like a group of friends who see everything. Wow. Yeah, I but I mean, it's a lot of effort. Um, I, I just think accept everybody and then so you don't have to see the inane things that people put up on Facebook. Just just anybody you accept who you don't really care for in real life, mm. just hide their posts as I, soon as you can. Sorry to say anon, but I agree. I think I think that is the rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, and six months, I mean, that that is harsh. Like, it is. I mean, I, can't, I mean, does he mean not heard from on faith, Facebook in six months? Yeah. No, not heard at all from in real life. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I have people I would count amongst my best friends who these days I can go six months without Exactly. To. Me too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you what's annoying. Instagram, you can't mute people. Oh. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Twitter, but you can't do it on Instagram. Why would you want to? <laughs> 
What do you mean? I love Instagram. Do you not find some people annoying on there? I don't, I don't follow many people, I have to say. But so what? what it, it's that thing, isn't it? If somebody who's an acquaintance, like mm. a former colleague or something who you find very irritating, mm. follows you, I then feel obliged to follow them back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And there are some mm. people I just don't want to see me. I have had a couple of things where friends have become enemies and I've unfriended them. Oh, okay. That's what you feel, I feel very powerful in that oh, moment. Oh, okay. But I mean, okay. that's, that's not just people who haven't been in... Uh, in contact yeah yeah okay so the the exception is if they become enemies for whatever reason okay good uh if you have a dilemma of a social nature where you need to know the rule of how to behave you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. And as I mentioned earlier, we would love it if you were to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com stroke adrift. And if you can just spare a little bit of money every month, dollar, two dollars. I mean, you'll have to go to a bureau de change and work out what that translates to where you are. Probably the UK, but uh, we do have listeners in other places, the odd one. Um, Anyway, let's not get bogged down in foreign currency now, but support us on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. And if you're not in a position to do that, the next best thing you could do is get like 15 or 20 new people to listen to our podcast. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident and advice on the incident this week came from my wonderful friend, Grifoshel. And um, if, you, uh, if you're ever in Sweden, or if you are in Sweden, tune in to her breakfast show, Gri and Friends on Mix Megapole every morning. She's really quite brilliant and she's all over the telly as well. Uh, Gree. Go to Sweden, switch on the telly, leave it on long enough, you'll see her. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. As I mentioned earlier, we would love to hear your story of social ineptitude. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com and it's the same email address too if you um, if, if you want to share a quandary with us for Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic in Problematic, uh, the other one, school, ruled schools. I'm going to start writing these down. It's getting more and more difficult by the week. And finally, thanks to the late Karen Keating for complimenting Annabelle's cardigan. Adrift. I should just quickly say before I read the podication that um, podication slots are available for future episodes. If you would like an episode of Adrift dedicating to you or somebody you know, then email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And if it's for a specific date, let us know that too. And uh, Annabelle, I'll do our best to make sure that we do it on or around that date. Okay, this comes from Joel Horton, who says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. From Grand Admiral Joel Horton, deep in the heart of Texas. I wanted to request a couple of podications for the 22nd of May and the 28th. So what day is it today? I think this is going to fall in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been a drifter since you started the podcast. And I have successfully converted my family to drifting. That's wonderful. Um, Our favourite story has to be the woman who walked into the men's changing room because she was just having a look. Um, My youngest son, Caden, is turning 10 years old on the 22nd of May. And my beautiful wife, Christy, is turning a larger round number on the 28th. (laughs) Uh, Happy birthday and I love you. So 10, Caden, first of all. Double digits. Yeah. That's exciting. You can have two scoops of ice cream when you're 10, apparently. That's right. Yeah. And a, a 10% increase in your pocket money. Yeah, yeah. It's a great age. Yeah. Um, and then, then Christy, a larger round number. Mm, what are we thinking? I don't know. I mean, I'm larger and round. <laughs> so I'm a, a big fan of large round anythings. Mm. Um, I, I wonder 30, do you think? I'm guessing 40. 
I was guessing 40, but I wanted to be nice. But I said, why, why is that nice? No, no, no. Like, I've got no evidence to base it on. You know, like when somebody says, when, when you're sort of guessing how old somebody is from the way they look and you subtract mm. a bit. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of applying that same principle, <laughs> but based on nothing. That she would have been one year off being a teenage mum yeah, yeah, if she was yeah. 30. Well, maybe, she, maybe she is. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. That's not a gym slip, mother. No, no. Gym slip is still at school, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She might have been held back a year. Yeah. Maybe she was a gym step mother. Yeah. I mean, who who knows? Mm. So, um, happy birthday, Christy. I'm guessing 40. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a marvellous one. Maybe it was 50. Maybe. Who knows? How old are you when you became a mother? I had a baby at 42. So when he's 10, you're going to be 52. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we do, I think 40 is the safest bet. She could be 60. Yeah, I mean, possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, very, 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 very unlikely. But, yes. you know, it does very occasionally happen with a lot yeah. of help. I mean, but if you, I mean, if you accept it could be 60, I mean, it could also be 70. <laughs> I'm happy. You know what? It could be 80. I think we're fairly confident it's not 20. <laughs> yeah. Or 10. She's definitely not 10. <laughs> and she's not 80. Somewhere in between. <laughs> Why couldn't he just tell us? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. Uh, there is the latest edition of the podcast, uh, podicated to uh, birthday boy Caden and birthday girl Christy. And if you'd like a podication, email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.